0: This is Sideline Stories. Hear from your favorite Whitecaps FC players and personalities like you've never heard them before. Here's your host, Perry Solkowski. When David Osted came to the Vancouver Whitecaps in June of 2013, there were high expectations. After playing three years in the Danish Superliga, he was the goalkeeper the Whitecaps coveted. Osted didn't immediately play when he arrived at West, but when he got his first starting goal, he never looked back. The great Dane played four consecutive seasons without missing a game. He holds almost all goalkeeper records the club has, has been part of the Major League Soccer All-Star Game in 2015 and 16, and led the league in clean sheets in 2015, a year in which he was runner-up to Goalkeeper of the Year in MLS. A natural leader, there have been several matches where Osted has worn the captain's armband. Quite simply, when you talk about best goalkeepers in Major League Soccer, Osted is constantly in that conversation. But how did he get here? Growing up in Denmark, life was about being active and constantly competing. The number one competition for him was and remains to this day his brother. No matter what the topic, the circumstances, it was a battle to be better. His tight bond with his brother and father made closer by the death of his mother. She was the leader in the Osted House and remains a source of fire and drive for the goalkeeper. The sport of soccer has given him plenty. His wife Maria played at the same club he was with when younger She was injured when they met, so they are unsure who was better in their prime. He readily admits she was tougher. If Danes are the friendliest people in the world as they have been labeled, Osted is doing nothing to dispel that theory. In fact, when we sat down for Sideline Stories, he was filming it for Major League Soccer. Being David Osted is about putting yourself out there, something he first started doing in front of the cameras as a young keeper in Denmark.
1: Yeah, we, uh, we did some media. Normally we were prepped on most of it and got the talking points and stuff like that. But uh, there were a few journalists that would throw you like a, a curveball on something you weren't, weren't ready for. So uh, I think when I was younger, I got nervous. Didn't want to overstep anything or say something that could get me in trouble. But I think I'm rehearsed enough now to, to know what to say and know what to say.
0: Well, now you lurk around, you wait for us. And as we do this podcast, you've got a camera on you for MLS. <laughs> so now you're you're like that movie, right? It's, you know, you want 24 hours camera on you.
1: I'm trying to do a movie about the movie, about yeah. the movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, try to try every angle here.
0: But you're a comfortable speaker. Let's go back to you being a kid. Uh, everyone always remembers that first time it's the assignment where you have to speak in front of the class. And that always is the biggest concern. Were you easy with that kind of stuff? Did you go, ah, sure, I'll do it?
1: That was how I got out of stuff. Because normally I forgot to do something. So I would I would always figure out what the other kids were talking about. And then I would put my hand up and then just talk along the same lines. So I could always get out of something by just talking about it. And then figuring out as I went along what actually the answers were. So the teachers always... Thought that I had done all my homework when normally I was doing them in class the first five minutes and try to figure out what we're talking about.
0: Well, we'll edit this so the kids can't listen to it at home. <laughs> <Of> <laughs> way, to, way to go, Dad. Way to give them the ideas as you get done. Were you a good student? Uh, I
1: was. Um, I'd say I, uh, I had a mom and dad who kicked my ass if, if I were not um, Both my parents are uh, college professors. Um, so education was a big, big thing for them. Uh, so it was... It was important for them that I did do my homework and I did show up uh, and then towards the end where uh, soccer f- was more and more part of my life, uh, I had my mom kicking my ass when I was on a way trip to, to make sure I, I did my
0: homework. Does that speak to um, your work ethic as, as we're at the facilities and most of the guys have been gone for a couple hours but you were pushing yourself in a workout? You think you can relate that to as a kid growing up and getting that discipline, I make sure you do your homework, make sure you get it done.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was it's back to the to the very early stages where I was told that if I wanted to go outside and play soccer with the other ones, uh, I uh, I had to have my homework done, and my mom checked it and and made sure, and then I could go outside. And and further along, I figured out that if I wanted to be a professional athlete uh, and a student athlete as well, I had to. I had to organize myself and had to have things done. Uh, there's been many a nights where I'd sat at 12 o'clock at night trying to get a essay or whatever ready for, for the next day because uh, yeah, cause, cause I had to. I had no more, uh, no more
0: time. Describe the family setup and what you're doing when you're 10 years old back home. So... Neighborhood, a nice neighborhood, nice house growing up. Is it still the house where dad's in? Or? Yeah,
1: dad's still in the same house. Uh, grew up in a, in a pretty quiet neighborhood. Um, we knew all our neighbors could always go over there. If my parents weren't home and I came home, I could always go over there, pick up a key, pick up some food or, or whatever. Oh, really? Uh, they're re- really good, and uh, we always uh, went on vacations together. So the neighborhood was... was um, really nice, and I knew all the neighbors um, really lots, well. of, lots of kids? Uh, a lot of kids, yeah, around there, and then go outside and ride bikes and stuff like that, but I normally always took the bike and went up to uh, to the local soccer fields. We weren't far from the first club I uh, started in. It took me about 10 minutes on, on my bike up there. I always met people from the school up there, or had training, or so, uh, as many times a day I could steal uh, steal my soccer ball away and my bike and go up there I would and my mom and dad always knew where to find me
0: uh lifelong friends from that do you know a lot of those people still
1: I know some of them um not all of them uh unfortunately but some of them I still uh still speak to and uh some of the guys I went on vacation with when I was 12 13 14 I I still see today and still see every time I'm back in Denmark and uh they come over here and visit me so uh so that that's kind of fun.
0: What's the biggest difference? What, what do you think your kids will say as they've spent time here? Uh, the biggest difference you would see growing up in Denmark and and to a life here of someone who might be growing up in Canada or in in Vancouver. It's tough to say.
1: I think um, I think the kids have i don't want to sound too old but have a lot of opportunities uh in canada nowadays like they've got so many options to to choose from and you see uh the parents uh going to soccer with them or hockey or whatever they want to do and i think uh it's great for the kids and 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 they get a lot of opportunities back when when i was growing up it was more the fun we we just make ourselves not my mom and dad tried everything they could to, to work and, and make sure that we had everything we needed. And I never I never lacked anything, uh, but it was more of, uh, all right, got time for yourself now, so go out and play and go out and uh, and, and do some, some stuff.
0: Maybe cater to a little bit more. you think, parents? I mean, I would say that as a parent, that I did everything possible for my daughter, and maybe I think relationships and generations are closer to their kids now rather than it used to be. My mom used to say, yeah, I, I just made sure the back gate was locked, yeah. and that was it. <laughs> you know, none of this, where I think parents are now and you would be involved with your family, uh, which I think is a good thing, though.
1: Yeah, I, no, I definitely think uh, being engaged with your kids is is um, really important, but I also think it's important to let your kids try out stuff for themselves. I figured out after having three kids now that you can't be everywhere uh at 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 all the time uh so once in a while they're gonna trip once in a while they're gonna fall down from stuff and it's about letting them figure that out making sure they're as as safe as possible but that uh, called almost education of of making sure they can take care of themselves somehow is is something that i know my wife and i are are trying to do with with our kids
0: um your brother older or younger older did you play a lot of sports with him together was it that competitive uh, kind of brother mix that most have
1: oh yeah we we competed in anything we competed the the best we had was uh my mom's pancakes which are legendary they're simply the best we always had to see who can eat the most so we'd always like anytime he ate one i had to eat one and we would end up both of us on the floor just cramping just we're couldn't have you guys were the
0: original competitive eaters oh my god we were
1: uh but it was everything and it, it the funny thing is he's uh he's 42 now i'm 31 you would think we'd grown up but no chance anytime we meet it's always uh competition about anything we can do uh right now it's uh golf whenever we play that it's fiercely competitive but it's it's little things like stupid things sitting in a bar thinking who can who can knock it close to to the bottle over there. Yeah, it's just everything. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Uh, who was the winner? Do you got any numbers you could give me in the pancake eating contest? Could you get double digits?
1: I I lost with 11, let's just say that. Really? Yeah. I think that's a c- kind of impressive.
0: You're, I, I look at that. You're, you're a very uh, fitness-oriented guy. I, you know, When I see the team around, I don't think you're the one who's eating unhealthy. Or do you no. have your moments? Going back to these pancake days, I'm going to go, okay, that was never always the case. No, I, I've,
1: I've kind of figured out when I got older that I, I unfortunately didn't have the uh,
0: metabolism
1: the metabolism to, to, to do that. Uh, so uh, I had to, to, to be kind of strict with my diet. I still have my cheat days once in a while where I uh, have a, a nice steak, a uh, glass of red wine or, or whatever, but uh, nowadays,
0: that's a, that's a cheat day. That's a good day for a lot that's of. A, that's it's a, a good day. day. I like
1: that, but yeah, that that's a cheat day. um A lot of the other times are, yeah, a little too much salad. And...
0: Is Denmark the healthiest place? They're supposed to be the happiest place, happiest country in the world. What? Yeah, what, yeah. You guys have a title like that. You're the healthy, healthiest, healthiest, and happiest. And- I think we're the
1: happiest people on earth, which is a little surprising to me when you think about the weather and the taxes there, but. Apparently we were doing something right.
0: Did you, you did you grow up with anybody who was just miserable that really was counterproductive to that label?
1: Yeah. I think Oh really? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny because uh for every every time I see this article coming out with uh Denmark being the happiest place on earth, uh I always think back to these people always complaining about the high taxes and the weather being horrible and, and all that and I, I kinda laugh because uh We've got the whole social system in place in Denmark uh, and it's, it's great because we have, there's a a security net under everybody. Uh, Not a lot of people are living in poverty in Denmark because we, we give back to the community that way, but we do so because we have those high taxes. So it's, it's a little bit what mindset you're in. Uh, How much are you willing to give up of your paycheck for everybody to be Healthy and happy, and, and how much would you rather see in your own pocket and in your family uh, and 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 all that? But uh, do you have to pay for university in in Denmark? No, uh, universities uh, is 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 free it's looked and, after and looked looked after. Yeah. Did you go? No, uh, I made it to. Um, it's a little different in Denmark. There's uh, from first ten grades until you're sixteen. And then from sixteen to nineteen or twenty, there's um, higher education called gymnasium, uh, or you can go to like a business school or stuff like that. I went to gymnasium on a uh, a three year uh, three year stint, yeah, to get my uh, to get my education there, and that's why now I'm trying to pursue a, a bachelor in finance to to try to yeah have something after, um, after I'm done playing.
0: When you're there and growing up there, uh, how often do you get the kids back? Will that be, will that be home for you and your wife when you finish playing?
1: We honestly don't know. We, uh, we go back as often as we can because we want to see uh, grandparents, friends, everything. Uh, and, and it always ends up being so stressful being home because Maria isn't from one part of the country, uh, close to the German border. I'm, uh, my family's near the capital, which is about two and a half, three hours drive. And then I played soccer in the northern part of the country, which is another, it's two and a half hours from Maria's, about four hours from my family. Um, so we always end up being in the car, just traveling around to everybody, trying to see everybody while we're home and all that. But it, it's nice being home. And when they get older, I like to show them, obviously, where I grew up. Um, where Maria grew up and um, I just show them what Denmark is. But if we're going back after I'm done playing, I, I, I don't know yet. We're not that far in, in, in planning.
0: Yeah. Well, I, you, you live in the moment. You've got such a busy life. Did you ski or skate? Speed skate?
1: I skied a lot. Uh, I love to ski. Unfortunately, we're uh, we can't really do that anymore uh, because of uh, because
0: of the contract. We can pick that up. So downhill, yeah. downhill ski, cross country ski.
1: Uh, downhill. I actually love uh, something called Tailmark. mark. Uh, oh, that's skill. Uh, sure. It's
0: downhill cross country mix. right? Yeah, exactly. Go down on uh, your knee, make your turn.
1: Exactly. Uh, I think that's uh, that. That's really fun, uh, and I got quite good at it. Uh, I skied a lot when I was uh, younger. My my family always went on. Um, On ski holiday uh, in the winter, we packed our little uh, Mazda 323, I believe, and stuffed everybody in there and uh, drove down to uh, mostly Austria, uh, the whole family, and skied for uh, for a couple of weeks.
0: Is this uh, world of, of Major League Soccer, was it what you expected or what had been the biggest difference when you came over?
1: It wasn't what I expected. I I got to be honest. Uh, I've said a couple of times when I first got over that the travel completely threw me for a loop. Um, getting on a six-hour flight, as I said, the longest the longest trip I ever took from a, to a game in Denmark was about a four-hour bus ride. Um, but here uh, you're on a plane for four hours uh, with a layover and then another two hours to get somewhere. It's uh, it. It's taxing on on the body and it's it's a in the beginning it's uh it's fun to see everything it's fun to see the cities uh go all these places, but at the end of the day you're still sitting in a in a plane for six hours and then straight to a hotel and at the end at the end of the day these hotels just keep they look alike.
0: Yeah, you don't know what floor you're on. You're not sure where. No. What stop in Major League Soccer have you come home to your wife and said, "You know, we have to go. We have to go to this city. We have to take the kids." Um, Columbus. Columbus, <laughs> maybe
1: <laughs> uh, Kansas City. Uh, no, I'd say that New York. I'd love to show her. She's she's a big New York fan as well. Uh, love to. She loves to shop there, which that's why I haven't taken her yet. I gotta yeah. save some money for it, but. Yeah. Uh, um New York is definitely some place I, I, I'd like to take her. Uh, I like L.A. as well. Uh, go down Manhattan Beach and, 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 and take that uh, stroll down the, the pier and maybe go to the tourist thing, the Santa Monica Pier and that.
0: Where did you guys meet? Said she's from one part of the country or from the other? She, uh,
1: I went to a smaller town down by the German border uh, to play soccer, and she was actually at the time playing soccer there for uh, their women's team. Uh, so we met on smaller
0: town. Give me a population. What What was the name of it? Were
1: <sighs> is there about a hundred thousand? Okay, so that's a good size.
0: 100, maybe. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's a it's a decent size. It's a, a great little city. And was um, was the
0: soccer team the big thing there for them from a sports standpoint? Or?
1: Yeah, they had soccer and then they had hockey. Actually, uh, the they were at the time champions of Denmark and have been for a couple of years, I believe. Um, but yeah, the the soccer was was a big thing there and I I ended up uh going there to to be the first string. I I'd, I'd been in my uh my former club for for many years, my whole youth career and, and went there to to go and, and try and play and then uh, I came there and I um, yeah, I met her at, at like uh inner squad uh, yeah, going out one night and then met her there and uh
0: you you paused to look at me and we ended there. Um, I was gonna <laughs> and ask then the rest, the yeah, the then rest the of the rest story, the rest of the history, yeah. You uh, guys been together?
1: eight years now. Yeah.
0: Has she played ever since?
1: No, unfortunately, she blew out her uh, knee, uh, her right knee twice and her left knee once, uh, uh, MCL, everything. Unfortunately, so. But she was. uh she's she she keeps uh, teasing me about. It. She's in the Hall of Fame at her club, and I'm not in any Hall of Fame, so she keeps telling me that she's she's way more suce- successful than well, I am.
0: Probably so. Has there ever been a time that when you guys were dating that she, when she was healthy, that she actually took shots on you?
1: Uh, no, because actually when I met her, she had a huge like uh, Dunjoy shin on her, on her whole knee, because she just blew out her knee at the time, and when she came back from that, uh, she'd kind of given up. That was her third time blowing out a knee so she's kind of giving up so we actually haven't gone head to head uh on um on on any uh any of those i'm a little afraid to as well she's if you think i've got a temperament you should see her on a soccer
0: field oh really yeah did you ever see her play
1: uh yes i actually saw uh, footage of she was in the cup final and um uh, if uh if you saw her she, you would definitely think she was my wife. She was screaming at all the other players and
0: I was I was all proud. It was fantastic. So <laughs> lovely. You guys should have screamed your vows at each other. Yeah. That would have been a great wedding. You've changed that way though, haven't you? As far as your emotions on the field from, you know, say the first year here, first 6 months here to controlling a bit. Have you always been like that? If I was to see David Osted at 14, were you a fiery keeper back then?
1: Uh, always, I've always had that. People sometimes mistake my yelling um, uh, for me being mad or, or or something like that. But it's 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 more of my passion just coming out that I really want to win. And and if you go to Europe to a team with 14, 15 year olds, the amount of talking you'll hear there is um, is a lot. And I've always been raised that if you don't talk, you're not doing it correctly. You should always talk to anybody around you. Uh, so I've always been like that. Um, I don't know if I changed. I think I focused more on when to yell at people and when to um, to, to let things slide. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I'll never be someone who just lets someone get away with mistakes or not doing their best, let's say, that way. Because mistakes are going to happen, and I told that to the guys as well. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with people making mistakes because everybody makes mistakes. I'm not okay with someone not doing their best. Mm-hmm. And I know the players I'm playing with now, so I know when they're not doing their best.
0: And at the end of the day, is it a way you send that message is a little bit different, or is it as important to... Really, preface it like you said. Going, hey, if I'm at you, I'm coming at you, you know why? It's not, not because. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, it's uh, it's nothing personal. I, I, I always laugh at this uh, when Nigel uh, Ryokoku was here. Um, the first half year, we had a game where um, I screamed something at Nigel. He screamed something back at me. We we're going back and forth. Um, over something, and a fan came up to me like a week later and, and asked me like, oh, "You do you two guys just don't really like each other, do you?" And both me and Nigel was like, "Yeah, it's fine." Me and Nigel the same night went out for a beer after that because it's uh, it's commonplace. It's screen. common, and and if someone screams at me in in a game, I'm fine with it. Whenever I walk off the field, it's I have no problem with that. But it was it was kind of fun that fan coming up and almost like concerned like. Oh, you guys really don't like each other. Like, yeah, I like him perfectly fine. He's a good guy, but I will convey uh, if if I feel like he's not giving me a hundred percent on the field. And the thing is, as well, if if you're in a if you're in a boardroom or a company or whatever, and someone's not giving you a hundred percent, you can sit him down, nice and easy, and say, "Listen, this and this is what I want. I'm not think I don't think you're giving me this and this." But when you're on the field, it's a split second that you need to get your message across it's uh, it's small details and then it just comes out it comes out more aggressive it comes out quicker because it needs to you can't every time you have a something to say you can't put up your hand and call the guy over and have a little five minute powwow uh, it, it just it has to be almost commanded
0: what's your recognizability factor in this city have you seen it You have more people? On the streets, know who you are, and say, "Hey, David, how are you?"
1: Yeah, people are are really friendly here with that, um, and and good. They they come up to me and ask for an autograph or a picture, but they're always very friendly and they apologize if them with the kids and all that. It's funny Maria hates it because uh, she's she's always been a very private person. She's always uh, liked to just have um, just have her privacy and and, and just when we're walking. So sometimes she's. Uh, she she laughs a little bit when people come up and she just lurks around the back and I, I'm there with the kids and, and she just stands there watching. But uh She's thinking she'd slide tackle him from
0: behind. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> back she back jumps in days. something, yeah. <laughs> uh
1: but the kids
0: understand it now. How old how the oldest?
1: Uh Noelle's four. Uh and she's starting to understand it a little bit. She's they're kind of funny with uh there's the whole thing that Whitecaps did when I was on the buses yeah laying there so whenever a bus came by noelle would like scream like look daddy's on the bus and it was it's just kind of so funny just daddy doesn't make a difference yeah, right? yeah, it's yeah. just daddy's yeah, it's supposed still, to be on the bus it's still daddy uh but yeah so she had a period where she wanted to ride the bus all uh all the time because she thought oh. daddy daddy was that oh, was, was daddy's bus, bus. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly
0: well now you have to buy her a bus yeah, <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> the thing right. yeah you know don't buy the picture yeah uh buy the bus for her um Let's go back. I know your dad was here a little bit this summer. Your brother was here a little bit this summer. Where did the golf genes come from? Is that from dad? Because that is... If you couldn't be... If you had to be a pro athlete and you weren't a goalie, would it be golf? Golf, definitely. What definitely. do you love about the game?
1: It's I love that it's such a perfection of sport. You can, you can play golf your entire life and never be perfect and never have the perfect round. That... Um, that search for that perfect game is just something that I really love and enjoy. And and then, listen, you get out and you're out four, four and a half hours outside. You're having a beer with the fellas. You're knocking a ball around. You have a little competition going. It's, yeah, it's it's. How old fantastic. when you took it up? I was 14. It was actually my brother who started me. He started like half a year before and uh, then asked me if I wanted to go to like driving ranges. So we ended up just going and just knocking balls around. And then both found it uh, quite fun. And then, uh, yeah, the whole family started. Um, We, uh, I see a funny story. We had a vacation in in France and uh, we were all gone. and we ended up having to send my mom on a plane down there because we had to bring the golf sets. There wasn't enough room in the me. car. So we ended You're up driving kidding. down, me, my brother, and my father, and all the golf sets and all the luggage. And we sent my mom on a plane and then picked her up at the airport.
0: You're kidding <laughs> no. me. Who brings that up? Dad has to go and say, honey, we don't want- how long was the drive? The drive to like southern France and Denmark is... 20, about 20 hours? Okay, so maybe your, your mom's going, to, oh, yeah, that'll be a better deal.
1: I think she was okay with it, but it was kind of funny that it was the three of us and I was crammed in the back because all the golf sets had to be there and we had four different suitcases and, like, that car looked like, yeah, it looked like one of the clown cars, just people coming out of it, everything coming out of it. There was, like, um a Box on the roof for all our stuff as well, and it, it just looked ridiculous. And then,
0: when did you get good at it? Because you're what are you a scratch golfer now?
1: I'm about in four and a half in handicap. Okay, your best uh, round is
0: 200 par, 200 par. Yeah, uh, locally here or
1: down locally in here. McCleary's actually. Oh, really? Yeah, from the back pegs uh, at McCleary's.
0: Now, I don't want to compare it because you're a pro athlete and your job is, is clean sheets, but. A clean sheet and a two nothing win or two hundred par round of golf. When were you happier?
1: <laughs> two under par. That just doesn't happen as often. Like hopefully the two nil win and the clean sheet is going to happen more often. The two hundred par just never happens. And it was one of the weirdest days. I was actually playing with Andy O'Brien, um, and I have the scorecard at home still. He signed it and everything, so I've actually got proof, which is fantastic. Um, but. I wasn't really hitting the ball that great, but I was chipping it in from like the bunker. I was hitting twenty uh, foot ringers, like straight yeah. in the cup. Uh, I had a, I almost had a hole in one. I hit the pin on one of them. It was like, it was unbelievable. Everything just went right.
0: Now, are you one of the guys that plays so you know when you're in seventeen, you're you're two under where your score is? You just go, no, I've got a good round going here, but I'm not sure where I'm at. Do you know your score? I
1: know my score, okay, especially so if it's, if it's a round where I know I'm around par yeah. and I can maybe go under, then I know.
0: Okay, so how do the nerves get when you get to like 17 and 18 and go, you know what, I might be in the red here.
1: It's actually funny because I'll go and play in Seattle in front of 60,000, feel fantastic, great. Being on 18 and being one under par and not wanting to let it go and having to have a drive. That's not that's no no fun. It's I'm a little bit shaky. I'm a little bit I try to push out the driver just safe in the middle and try to get it up there. It's yeah.
0: Yeah, I was uh, when I used to plan. I'm nowhere near you. But first time I was going to break 80 and put it into the 70s. I used to hit a two iron off the tee because it couldn't hit my driver. And I had the round going, but I was playing with the buddies. And when I got to the 18th hole, they said, "There's no way in the world you can hit a two iron off the tee box." Go, "Really?" They go, "No. If you were gonna, you know, put it in the 70s, you got to hit your driver." I go, "No, because that's gonna just go hook, and it's gonna be great." But you're right. The nerves in that moment—that I think the general weekend hacker can get when he's in the zone—is you, you look at the Ryder Cup and you go, "That's unbelievable. The yeah. pressure these guys have." Yeah. You know, I, I, it's a wonderful game. Did your mom ever play? Or no, never. You guys, it never. Was, you guys uh, just took off on weekends.
1: Yeah, uh, she'd always say that that was her uh, that was her alone time as well. She'd get us out of the house and we could go and uh, and play, and she could uh, she could do her thing. So uh, we always got uh, a couple of hours uh, to go and play, and, and she could enjoy something else.
0: You wrote a wonderful letter about her uh, on the white caps and, and what she meant to you, uh, having passed. What do you think she? What do you live with in the memory that you try and steal to your kids about your mom? Um,
1: That's one of my biggest regrets, that my mom never got to meet my kids and the other way around. Because I know she would have loved it and she would have been a great um, grandma. But uh, uh, when Noelle's a little bit older, I'll sit her down. And we've already gone through pictures and I've tried to explain that that is my mom and, and all that um and when she gets a little older I'll I'll we'll have to explain to her why, why she's not here and 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 just tell her what kind of person she is and and what kind of uh what kind of man she made me uh and and the way she raised me uh, and I'm kind of looking forward to that so she knows um that she had a grandma as well in that way and and uh what Maria never even got to to meet her I met Maria Actually, a couple of months after my mom passed away, um, so Maria said she was sent so uh, so someone could take care of me. I think that that's
0: uh, that, well, was, that was. There's a lot of job. truth to that, right? And you get and you, that's the special part to carry on that verbally and through pictures of, of of what everyone has meant to us. Are you similar to your brother? Then are you you're competitive, but are are you you very similar in in what you guys do and how you live your life?
1: Um, I think we are. I think um, my brother is obviously, he's a teacher as well. He, um, he teaches kids who have uh, difficulties in, in a normal school setting. Uh, anything from um, kids with Down syndrome, um, kids from, from difficult families uh, and all that. Uh, and I really admire him for that because I've, I've been to his work a couple of times to see some of these kids and they're, they're rough. Some of them, they're, they're, he has to actually, uh, sometimes keep these kids pinned to the ground if they lose something or, or whatever. And, and it's, uh, it's a tough job. So I I admire him that way. And we're kind of similar in the way we think. And. It's just always great when he comes comes and visits me because we always, even though it's been a year, maybe we're always going to the same, uh, same kind of kid zone again. We're yeah, just, we're just kind of you kids go back together. to being twelve. Exactly, he's he like I said, he's forty two now. I'm thirty one, and we 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 still just have kids together. We can go in and just look at each other and just both start laughing over something completely idiotic.
0: Uh, I know that you guys were all here. I think you had those the, the did family out playing some golf. Do you have a destination where you say, "Hey, Dad, this is where we, this is where we have to play next. This has to be our bucket list in the next two or three years."
1: We have a huge bucket list. Oh, do you really? We've got a huge one. Uh, I wanna. I was in Dubai uh, and playing. I wanna really take him there because it's uh, it's a great place to play golf and just a uh, uh, great place to see. We uh, we ended up going to Vegas together, everybody, which was kind of fun um and
0: one golf course that you have to play
1: that's really tough i'd say that we've all talked about uh st andrews uh just because it's such a legendary course that we'd love to try and, and 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 do that uh but to be honest there's a lot and to be honest as well it doesn't even matter all the time with the courses like i'll be as long as we're playing together, I'll be just as happy if we're playing McCleary's or or if we're playing uh, Pebble
0: Beach. I was going to say, is you, are you guys more of a European play of Lynx or you would love the Pebble Beach? Give me the nicest greens and a $500 well, tee. T- <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, no. Um, I'd say uh, – it's always fun to try and play those $500 ones, especially if you can get it on a, on a yeah, lower yeah. lower rate. But yeah. uh, it's, it's fun to try and play those. But to be honest, just going out and playing, uh, we love going out to Whistler, actually, when we're here. There's great courses up there. Uh, even just going on the North Shore where I live, Northlands, is an amazing course, I think. Fun to play. Uh, so as long as we just get out and play some golf, I, I don't even care what kind of course it's on.
0: Well, listen, uh, you you're always been good when the cameras are out in front, and I said, you know, grab the microphone. We'll talk about everything except soccer, and I knew it would get to golf. So uh, I appreciate you, David, taking the time to be a part of Sideline Stories.
1: Thanks for having me.